What's going on, everybody, and welcome to Elite Heat, the only show you need on Mondays. And this week, man, we got a we got a hell of a topic for you guys. I'm excited for this week's episode. I I don't want to go on a limb, but I think this might be our best episode yet. I'm just gonna say that right now. We had a lot of fun creating this one, and uh, let, let me introduce my co-host, the Elitist. What's going on, sir? How you doing? Oh, it's good. Good to be back, Kevin. We've made it, episode three. Okay, it's good to see we made it this far. Plenty of exciting stuff to come. This episode should be no exception. As you've seen by the title, Goldberg, the Grim Reaper of Wrestling. So it's going to be a heap of fun this episode. Goldberg, he's always a fun topic. You guys listening to this in the chat at the moment, you guys can tell. Goldberg, it's a great conversation. So I can't wait for this discussion today. Before we get started, hit the like button, comment some stuff, all that kind of good stuff. Kevin, I'll just throw it over you quickly. Are we maybe expanding on other platforms? You want to give us an update on that? Yes, yes. We got some exciting news. We are now available on Spotify. And Yay, on- let's go. Yes, sir. And on the Anchor app. So you can listen on the Anchor app if you choose. But Spotify, I think just about everybody has Spotify nowadays, it seems like. So we're on Spotify. Apple Podcasts coming soon. Google Play coming soon. Pandora, iHeartRadio. All of those platforms are coming soon. But right now we are on Spotify and Pocket Cast. If you have Pocket Cast, I don't know what that is, but if you have it, let, let us know where the hell you find it. But we're on there too. So yeah. Uh, before we get into this episode, though, I think you should explain the title for those who don't know. Okay. Basically, now Goldberg. Look on Twitter, especially you may have seen this. There's this like meme going around of Goldberg as like the Grim Reaper, and he's like going room to room, or killing, but you know taking out. Bray Wyatt, he's taken out Dolph Ziggler, he's taken out Kevin Owens, and he's about to knock on the door and take out Drew McIntyre. That's the whole meme with Goldberg being the Grim Reaper as well. It sounds like a fun, interesting title. So for the sake of that, that's the title of the video. It should make sense to you. Hopefully we'll find the meme or the yeah, the meme will be on screen now. So hopefully that's the case. It's a pretty fun title. So yeah, without further ado, I'm just going to get into the discussion right now. Just right off the bat, I want your honest opinions, Kevin, of Goldberg in 2021. Are you a fan? Let's let, just give it to us. My, my honest opinion, I, I, I think it's, I, I honestly, I don't want to say I'm a fan because the wrestling fan in me doesn't enjoy Goldberg in 2020, but I am entertained whenever he's on TV. I'm not entertained by him per se. I'm entertained by the IWC's collective like heart attack for lack of a better term, when whenever Goldberg makes any kind of appearance. So I, I, in a way, I guess I'm a fan. I, I'd have to classify myself as a fan, I guess. But as far as like watching him spear people and like cut, like have, drop Undertaker on his head, I don't enjoy that. But I can't help but enjoy how he gets people riled up. It's just, it's very entertaining. <clears throat> right, yeah. P- personally speaking, look, I'd say I'm, I'm a fan of him. I think... Recently, these past couple years haven't really done much to make me like a bigger fan. It's more so done the opposite. I've become a, a bit less of a fan, especially because of, as you mentioned, dropping Undertaker on his head, the stuff against the Fiend, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, Goldberg, the entrance, the name, his star power and star appeal, which we'll talk about later, just the overall intensity, which I mean, Goldberg's intensity is unrivaled. Yeah, near enough outside of maybe like maybe McIntyre and Reigns nowadays. Everyone else pales in comparison to the intensity of Goldberg. And Goldberg's on on the screen. You're watching whether you love him, you hate him, whether you act as though when Goldberg's on screen, 
you know, this Goldberg's come to your house and shot a love on you, whether you're like so offended and you know, hate filled when Goldberg's on your screen or whether you love him, he draws a reaction, which I think is you know, so important in wrestling nowadays. So in that regard, I'm a fan of Goldberg. I like him. I don't hate the guy like many people in the community do. So that's my personal opinion. Now I think we'll move on unless you want to add anything else in here. Yeah, let, let me say something real quick too. I, 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 I have to expand on your point. When Goldberg is on the screen, it's just you know something big is going to happen. He's a, he's one of the few guys still around from the glory days of, re- of pro wrestling, the late 90s, early 2000s. He's really, really like the only guy left that makes any kind of impact, you know, in WWE at least. So when Goldberg's on the screen, you know business is about to pick up and it's going to be a big deal. But yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say. Yeah, so I think now we're going to move on to the positives, or as I've named this section, Goodberg. So the positives, we'll start off, pretty generic little question, just to get us going here. What are your favorite Goldberg matches and moments, Kevin? Oh, God, matches. I mean, he's had so many, you know, seven-star matches in the Tokyo Dome, if they were in the Tokyo oh. Dome, you know? Like, where, what do I what do I pick? Like, there was a time that he almost killed Bret Hart. Um <laughs> There was the the time with I think it was William Regal he almost killed William Regal back yep. in WCW. Yep. yep. Uh, the you know squashing the fiend man he's had so many classic matches but I'm gonna narrow it down. Hey, Kevin, Kevin, wait. Kevin, you're forgetting we nearly paralyzed the Undertaker and ended his life. You've got ah, yes, that. yes. Wow, man. You know Goldberg really like Goldberg is he's like the equivalent of he's like the late '90s equivalent of like Finn Balor or Kyle O'Reilly. Just somebody every time he's in the <laughs> ring, he's gonna deliver a a strong style five-star match L- literal strong style like you think new japan strong style is bad go back and watch a late 90s goldberg spear and that's real strong style like that this man invented strong style um <laughs> uh, all kidding aside the, the coolest thing about goldberg for me is like is the streak I-, I think that's what he'll be synonymous for like that's that, that that's probably my favorite part about him um that big match he had with hogan in the georgia dome and I would have to say a little bit of bias because I was there in the building. The WrestleMania 33 match with Brock Lesnar, that was one of the best matches of the show. They killed it. That was like what pro wrestling is supposed to be. Two big, bad, legitimate looking people trying to kill each other for real. So yeah, that I'd have to say that's probably about it for Goldberg, honestly. Uh, oh, and, and uh, SummerSlam, the Elimination Chamber match. Uh, that's one of my favorite matches of all time. Mm, yeah okay i think personally speaking i'll kind of elaborate on that because you really touched on like all the main ones in great detail there so as far as the the streak i think the streak is like the big thing you remember with goldberg as far as like wcw because like recently you you think of goldberg squashing all your favorite fat guys but back in the day i think the thing with goldberg the streak even though the streak in reality was what probably 35 40 no in reality it was 173 no according to wcw which it was a bit of fun. It played upon that whole thing of oh, all these all-time great sports teams have streaks. Goldberg, with that sports, the NFL background, he had a streak as well. So I thought that was good. It was believable that this you know, super intense, this cold-blooded beast who legitimately spear you full strong style, it was realistic that he'd have such like an undefeated streak because of like how they built him up. So I think that was a highlight obviously lowlights are like how they broke the streak how he nearly literally nearly killed brad hart and ended his career all that kind of stuff so they're lowlights as far as other highlights you mentioned the georgia dome the match with hogan that was probably the best moment of goldberg's career in my opinion i just think 
that whole night. It was like a three-hour-long Nitro. It, it was probably bigger than Starcade that year, near enough the same size, if not bigger. The, the whole thing was, it was a great spectacle, and all of that to beat Raw in the ratings for one week. But nonetheless, WCW, man, they're undefeated. Isn't it funny that WWE does that now with NXT? They're like, oh, we'll do Adam Cole and Keith Lee to beat AEW for one week. <laughs> yep. I mean, like, give give NXT two years. That, that'll be like WCW 2000. You just watch, but nah. Um, yeah, th- that whole thing was great. Goldberg and Hogan, just damn good stuff. You mentioned the Chamber. I'd agree with that. His 2016 return, that whole thing from 2016 through WrestleMania 33, I thought was great, including the Kevin Owens thing. I enjoyed that. So there was that. And then when he squashed Ziggler at SummerSlam 2019. So they're my positives. Anything else you want to throw in? Let's talk about the in-ring work. Let's zoom in on the in-ring work of that Fastlane 2016 match. One of them, like... 2017, Kevin. It was Fastlane 2017. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, sorry, sir. Sorry. Uh, the, the, 20, the 2017 Fastlane main event. The in-ring work, man. I mean, the, the old... Oh, I'm distracted by another wrestler's theme music. Classic. Wow. Like, oh, my God. Riveting stuff, man. You know, and then the, the spear and the one, two, three. The way he executed that spear. Wow. Uh, Kevin Owens sold it, bro. Oh my god, he sold that spear so good, bro. Oh, oh, damn it, pal. Sell that spear really good, pal. Sell the spear, Kevin. Sell it. Sell it, pal. Sell it. Oh, yes, Bill. Bill, raise that championship, Bill. Oh, WrestleMania, yeah. (laughs) Breaking out the the Vince early on in the late hate episode three. You gotta love it. But yeah, nah, that, that, that match, fast lane, what a classic. I remember... Look, that was when I, I think I was really like involved in the wrestling you know, fraternity too much. I was like beginning of seven, 2017. But it, ever since I've watched like the reviews and the reaction from that time, it's just hilarious. Like what, looking back, seeing how irate these people were. Because <laughs> Goldberg beat Kevin Owens in like 20 seconds. Owens is one of these guys similar to like an Adam Cole, similar to a Finn Balor, who just gets this overwhelming praise in like the you know, IWC fraternity. So when Goldberg just beat him in 20 seconds with literally a spear, it was glorious reaction. I loved every second of it, but I don't even know. <laughs> and what, what did you think was going to happen? Like, did you think that, that WWE was going to have Kevin Owens? Like, Kevin Owens can't even do the power the pop-up powerbomb to Goldberg. He literally couldn't but, even but, lift but, him up. But Kevin, Kevin that, that, was, that was Kevin Steen in Ring of Honor. He put on <laughs> five-star garage matches with El Generico in Fat Nicky's Garage. What, what, do, you, what do you mean? What? <laughs> Yeah, it's like, what do you expect, bro? Come on, give me a break with this, with this Kevin Owens, like Kevin Owens. That that whole thing, like, did did you really want to see Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho for the Universal Championship over Goldberg? Well, Kevin, and, that would have been Brock. a better in ring match. That would have been a better match. Um, I, I was there live. The match wasn't that good between Owens yeah. and Jericho. It wasn't that good. Even Jericho himself said the match was meh. Like he, yeah, exactly. Oh. They had no chemistry. Yeah. Zero chemistry yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, so I think with that being said, we'll move on to, I guess, the glory days. So we'll, we'll kind of, we'll go back to, I was talking about the streak before. We'll kind of talk about the streak in WCW yeah. and his first run in WWE a little bit. So first and foremost, I guess if you want to ask the first question here. Yeah, then... yeah, we, we, we titled this segment, The Glory Days of Big Berg. So do, <laughs> do with that what you will. <laughs> um, oh, uh, I'll, I'll lead you with this. How poorly booked was the breaking or the ending of Goldberg's 173-0 streak? Oh, Kevin, Kevin, where do you begin with this? Oh, this was 
This was straight out of the WCW booking playbook, this one. This one, look, Goldberg comes in. He's 173-0. He hasn't lost in like 14, 15 months since he joined WCW. He's on this killer run of momentum. He's got the WCW, the US title. No one could beat him. Goes into Starcade 1998 against Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash joins the WCW booking team a month prior. Make with that what you will. Kevin Nash, what, what a guy. Um, but yes, yeah, so they go into Starcade and then they do this match. The match was meh. And then they get to the finish. <laughs> this is just one of those finishes. So Disco Inferno runs down there wearing an NWO Wolfpack shirt. And he isn't even in the NWO, which that makes sense. So he tries to beat up Goldberg. Goldberg <laughs> spears him. Then Bam Bam Bigelow runs out there in just a black random shirt. And then he tries to beat up Goldberg. This is, keep in mind, this is the main event of the biggest pay-per-view of the year. Picture this in the main event of WrestleMania. Like, this is pathetic. So then from there, Scott Hall comes down there in security gear with a, a cattle prod and then proceeds to literally taser Goldberg and then Kevin Nash just beats him. It's just, yeah, that was it, Goldberg's it, it, fourth. Yeah. This awful. is the company that people wish defeated WWE in the Monday Night Wars. This is the company which people say, oh, well, do, do what if WCW won the Monday Night Wars? Well, what's there to say? Look at their booking. They would have gone out of business by 2005 if they won. Like, oh, just yeah. did that whole booking. Oh, yeah, gone, gone. Yeah, this, when, when, uh, just hearing you lay that out, it sounds even worse than it was watching it. And obviously, neither one of us saw that live. But, yeah. you know, just, I, I've, I've watched it back a couple times and I've, done my homework on goldberg's prime and you know whatever and it's just unbelievable to me that somebody somebody like higher up like eric bischoff you know would uh would be like hey yeah that's a good idea man yeah no let's do that yeah let's have kevin nash end the streak instead of a young guy that could potentially benefit from it yeah like i'm thinking about like let's hypothetically say they did this exact finish nowadays so you have WrestleMania 38, Roman Reigns, he's had this like, I don't know, 18 month long undefeated run. Roman Reigns has been at the top of the business and the top of the company for 18 months. You get to this big match, Reigns versus whoever. I'm not going to name wrestlers, just whoever. Then in the match, Shorty G randomly runs down there for no reason, wearing like some random factions t-shirt. Shorty G jumps in the ring, Reigns spears the crap out of him. Otis runs down. Reigns spears him, and then someone comes in with a taser and tasers Reigns, and Reigns uh, loses his 18-month streak. You see how ridiculous this sounds? This is WCW at their apex, their 173-0 Goldberg streak down the toilet. Just so pathetic, Kevin. Yeah, you know what probably would have made sense? Uh, I, I don't know if, you, if, you're, if you're up to speed on this, but Goldberg and Jericho had a pretty good feud in WCW. Um, oh, they maybe- sure did, Kevin. They sure did maybe Jericho could have beat Goldberg, you know, it, it would have made sense. But uh, I mean, realistically speaking, WCW, who did they have as a young guy that could have beaten the streak? Is there anyone that you would have preferred? Well, I mean, that was the problem with WCW. Like they did Diamond Dallas Page, who was like, he was like the other kind of big WCW created face. They did DDP versus Goldberg at Halloween Havoc two months prior. And then even though Goldberg nearly concussed himself in that match and nearly you know, separated his own shoulder, they had Goldberg win. So you couldn't do DDP. Jericho, like the cruiserweights, you weren't going to have a cruiserweight like Rey Mysterio beat Goldberg. Like that was the problem with WCW. It was a lot of just kind of just old dudes with established names, established egos 
So Goldberg comes into the company, complete outsider. They're all resentful of Goldberg. There's this big politics issue. Goldberg's always an outsider, which I guess lends itself to why Goldberg nowadays is labeled so selfish and so you know self-centered because he's not really you know a fan of wrestling kind of politics. So if you feel like elaborating on that, feel free. Yeah, but. I'm trying. I'm trying to think my in my head of somebody that I would have in the streak. Uh, the, I think the logical choice, honestly, the only guy in all seriousness would probably be Bret Hart. Because the way they handled Bret Hart, I mean, he came in in late 1997. He's the most popular wrestler in the freaking world, right? Like after the Montreal Screwjob, everybody's talking about Bret Hart. Why? Yeah. Like you could have had him come in, build him up for like a, what, six months to eight months. And then at Starcade 1998, you have Bret Hart defeat Goldberg clean. Goldberg taps to the sharpshooter or whatever. And I think that would have been the best way to go. It's yeah, Bret Hart's not a young guy, but it would have been like a way of saying, oh, Bret Hart's on the same level as Hulk Hogan, Goldberg, all these other WCW legends, because he at the time, WWE didn't have Austin Rock, all the super, super legends. So Bret Hart wasn't perceived to be on those guys level anyway. It would have done a lot for Bret Hart's career, and really capitalized on his popularity. That's really like the only realistic person that I could think of to have ended the streak. I, I, I don't know. I got nothing else. Yeah, I think that's maybe Brett. Like, I, I was going to do, like, earlier on, I made that analogy with, like, Roman Reigns and having Shorty G and, like, Otis interfere and making fun of the, the Starcade <laughs> thing. I'll compare it. I'll do an example with the Bret Hart thing. Let's say, you know, using the Bret Hart analogy, where Bret Hart, he's the hottest wrestler in the world. It's 1997. The screw jobs just happened. He's left a WCW. It's the same thing as there being another screw job in 2022. Roman Reigns goes to AEW. It's this big, oh my God, Reigns moves to AEW. And then AEW, Kate Reigns, they're doing this whole thing with, you know, Bret Hart. He's the hottest wrestler in the world. And then all of a sudden, so the screw job happens. He, he leaves, goes to the other company. And then all of a sudden, WCW have no plans for him. They barely use him. It's a complete mess. Compare that to nowadays. Roman Reigns is a screw job. He leaves, etc. You get the point. It just doesn't make sense. So, with that being said, we've trashed WCW for a little bit. Now let's move into something that many people have talked about for a long time, Goldberg and Steve Austin, because these two guys you know, look the same, black trunks, black knee pads, black boots, bald head, these white dudes. Let's compare it. So do you wish you saw, Kevin, Goldberg versus Steve Austin? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think any wrestling fan that says they don't, they wouldn't have wanted to see that match. I don't know. I, I question like I question your fandom a little bit. That's like, you know, prime Stone Cold, prime Goldberg wrestling each other. That would have been amazing. That's WCW's biggest star, WWF's biggest star. It would have been the true like epiphany of like the Monday Night Wars having those two guys go at it. It would have been the head of the ship, the head of each ship colliding. It would have been awesome. Uh, at first, one side note, I'm convinced that the Saudi prince thinks Goldberg is Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think Vince has sold him on that. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, that's just like you talk about dream matches like that's like a Hogan, Cena, Eddie Guerrero, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Kurt Angle, that Stone Cold versus Goldberg belongs on that level. Yes, in the ring, it would not have been that great. It probably would have been five minutes. It would have been Stone Cold um, doing the Thez well, yeah, Press. Can, can I, was, I didn't interrupt you. I was just going to say kind of to build on that point. Do you, do you think it really is as big a dream match as the other ones you mentioned there? Because. Once again, Goldberg recently, he's come back. His reputation in the eyes of many well, well, has prime, been... Prime, prime Goldberg, prime Stone Cold. 
It, like, yeah, prime. Yeah. yeah, like if this happened yeah. in 2001 when the invasion happened, if you had, oh, you know... If, that's writings, pal. Writings. Yeah, if, if all stars were to align, you had Prime Goldberg, Prime Stone Cold at like WrestleMania 18, and then you had Prime Rock, Prime Hogan. I mean, oh. that would have just been amazing. Now, in 2020, yeah, obviously not. Nobody wants to see Goldberg drop Stone Cold on his neck. Nobody wants to see that, you know? Oh. But the match, it wouldn't be a classic like like Bret and Kurt Angle. But as as in, in terms of like a spectacle, it's definitely up there with with some of those dream matches that we never got to see. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think not much else to really say for that question. Goldberg Austin, two thousand and one, two thousand two, two thousand three. Even that time period was when it like should have happened. That was when it could have happened. But now, as you say. I'm sure maybe 2023 when like Saudi shows are fully back up and running, Goldberg and Austin could maybe happen. And we'll get to see Goldberg nearly murder Austin in the ring. You don't know. It could happen down the line, but we really hope it doesn't because, yeah, this thing should have happened 20 years ago. It didn't, but oh, well. So with that considered, we'll stay on the topic of Goldberg as like first run while we're talking about it. Do you wish Goldberg was a part of the invasion? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Go- the invasion was a flop because they didn't have Goldberg because they the WWE didn't have the NWO they didn't they had DDP but let's not talk about his stalker gimmick uh, they didn't have all the big stars that made it cool and Goldberg would have been the biggest and naturally if they if the invasion done right in a perfect world you bring Goldberg in in two thousand one and you do Goldberg and Steve Austin at some point in a perfect world that would have been the case but yeah his his absence definitely watered down the invasion to say the very least. Yeah, like this whole invasion thing, it's such a fun concept on paper. Like if you're around in 99, 2000, you're thinking of all these possibilities. You can have WCW, Hogan, Nash, Hall, Goldberg, Sting, and like all of this. And then they can face Austin, Rock, et cetera, et cetera, Undertaker, Kane, Jericho. That's like the whole like thing theoretically. But then you get to real life and the invasion is all those WWF guys and they're facing... DDP, Rob Van Dam, Bill DeMott. Like, what is joke. this? Like, it was a joke. Oh, and the, the, you look at Survivor Series 2001, the, the Alliance team is what? Austin, Kurt Angle, Shane McMahon, like Booker T. Like, what is that? That's not a WCW invasion team. Like, if Goldberg was there, it would have been at least somewhat more credible. But definitely. I mean, absolutely. Goldberg would have yeah. helped. Goldberg, Sting, and the NWO would have made the NWO or would have made the invasion uh, really, it would have made it really memorable, you know, cause you had, they already had DDP and Booker T Scott Steiner too. You can't forget him. If they would have had all those guys, it would have been really something, but the invasion we could, we should do a whole episode on how, on how botched the invasion was. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So speaking of botched, do you feel that WWE dropped the ball with Goldberg's first run? Uh, yeah. In a nutshell. Yeah. I would say, um, uh, looking yeah. back at it, it wasn't that bad, but it was just kind of like Vince clearly reminding us that Triple H is better than Goldberg. You know, it's like, okay, we get it. Triple H yeah. beat him like, what, seven times? Like, all right, we get it, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, for sure. Like, I just remember I, I, um, Evolution attacking him and beating him up, and I'm like, I don't really care. I don't care for this, man. I'm sorry. This is not Goldberg. Yeah. It's just not. It never felt like Goldberg, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, there were some cool moments, like... I mean, Goldberg on Raw, that that, that was a great moment. Mm-hmm. But you, you look at the rest of his run, the, the the other like 11 months or 12 months Goldberg's in the company. As you say, it was Goldberg getting beaten up by Evolution most weeks. 
him getting screwed out of the title, Goldberg what versus Kane versus Triple H and Triple Threat. I think that happened sometime in 2003. Yeah. And then they did the Goldberg-Brock stuff was, I mean, it was a fun build. The actual match, as we'll talk about in a minute, was um interesting to say the least. So yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. But for now, speaking of Goldberg's like first WWE run, I'll ask you this. Do you think Goldberg versus The Rock is like an underrated match in Backlash 03? Yeah, I think so. I, I think a lot of people forget about it. It's weird that it's not talked about in the same light of some other great matches. But just the, the spectacle alone of having Goldberg versus The Rock in a match, it's just something that is cool in, in and of itself, just the two of them wrestling. Maybe it's because of The Rock's heel Hollywood gimmick. A lot of people were not a big fan of that. Um, it does have like, a, that gimmick alone does have like a niche following, but I don't know. It's it's just, it happened at a backlash or bad blood or whatever, whatever one yeah. of those those B minus yeah. C pay-per-views. Um, yeah, one, one of those, one of those raw pay-per-views where it's like Goldberg and Rock main events. And then you've got, I don't know, like the undercard's like three minute warning versus like these random jobbers. And it's like, what is this? But no, I think Goldberg versus The Rock, I don't think it gets the respect it deserves. One, because Goldberg was involved. And usually because of like nowadays and how, you know, match marks and all this kind of stuff. At the moment, Goldberg isn't exactly like someone you want to praise his matches. So in that regard, I think it gets disrespected a little bit. But as you said, Goldberg and The Rock, these are two guys who are larger than life, pop culture icons from the late 90s, early 2000s. Goldberg in late 90s, like 98, 99, he was everywhere. Magazines, TV guides, Goldberg was all the rage. And same with The Rock to that regard. So this was a big match. The match itself was good. I think it's underrated personally, but that's just me. Yeah, it was a fine match. Bell to Bell is probably one of the better matches that Goldberg's ever had in his entire career. If you go back and watch it, like it really wasn't that bad. Um, yeah, I mean, yes. Speaking of great Goldberg matches, now we're going to move on to WrestleMania 20. So Goldberg and Brock Lesnar had a five-star classic, seven stars in the Tokyo Dome at WrestleMania 20. If you haven't seen it, this thing rivals Sean and Taker. This thing rivals <laughs> Brad and Austin. This thing, this thing was a, a classic. It rivals Omega and Okada, no cap. So with that being said, I'll ask you, Seriously speaking, <laughs> how bad was Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 20 for wrestling? Like, Ooh, man. Bad. <laughs> bad. It, it was really one of the first, I think the first time, if I have, if my memory serves me correct, that an audience was like, oh, we're, we're, he- we're only here right now to hijack this. We're going to be bigger than the match. We don't want to see this match. We're going to make sure that everybody at home knows that we don't want to see this. We're going to ruin the moment for everybody. Because I'm sure there were some people that looked at Goldberg versus Brock like, oh, this is cool. So imagine if you're one of those casual fans and you're like, oh, I want to watch this this match. This is, me. this is Brock Lesnar, Goldberg. This is awesome. And then all you see is like people shitting on them, like, oh, singing na-na-na-na, what, goodbye, whatever. Like, just like, if, yeah. if, you know, if, the, if Benoit loses, we riot. Uh, you know, it's like, um, it's really ahead of its time and innovative for the way that fans act today. It was like, oh, I saw on Dave Meltzer's newsletter that Goldberg and Brock are both leaving. I'm so cool. I'm so smart. I know that, man. I know they're leaving, so I don't want to see this match. And and it was really just, like, it, to say, like, to watch this match, though, is something that you need to watch if you've never seen it because it is a cool moment to experience a crowd that amped up and that hyper and whatnot. I, I think a lot of people thought it would be a one-time deal, but now we see that all the time. You know, like, yeah. like um, yeah. Sheamus versus Randy Orton. At was it WrestleMania or at the Raw after WrestleMania twenty? Just any 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 post WrestleMania show with crowds, you get this exact same thing here. It's just exactly. these fans, yeah. 
these fans going, oh, I don't care for these guys in the ring. Let's throw beach balls around. Let, let's sing like the Sami Zayn theme song because we've got Randy Orton versus Cena in the ring. Like, yeah, that's yep. the kind of thing that this kind of laid the foundation for because I, I was trying to think when before Goldberg and Brock did this happen? When was the time before WrestleMania 20 that we experienced the fans just unanimously taking a dump on the match and then ignoring what's happening in the ring and just kind of booing and legitimately, you know, cheering these people out of the company? Like, I, I can't think of it. Because you think of WrestleMania 20, overall the show was meh, but this match especially just, ugh, it, it laid the foundation, I feel like, Kevin. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, it laid the foundation for the way people act. Um, there there was a moment before this where people hijacked a match. I just can't remember what it was. I think it was an, I think it was an ECW, if I'm not mistaken. I think it, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Taz's retirement match. Everybody was just like, oh, fuck you, Taz. Like, they just hijacked the match. But that happened on ECW. Yeah, know. it's ECW. The, yeah. The, the, that audience was the, the, the dirt sheet readers, the people who know pure wrestling when they see it. So, yeah, I think in that regard... It laid the foundation for a lot of the kind of active complaint culture that we see more so nowadays. So I think we get the point there. Now we're going to move on to a section that I like to call Oldberg. Now, this section, we're going to be talking about his return run, which is, I'd say, probably what you're more so here to hear. This one, Oldberg, look, I'll ask you straight off the bat, when Goldberg returned in 2016, what were your honest opinions? Uh, I was I was pretty hyped. Because I really wanted to see Goldberg come back. I really, I really felt like he could have done more in WWE. You know, I, I thought the 2003 run was kind of, you know, it was what it was. It was meh. He could have done better. And I wanted to see him be treated like the Goldberg that he was in WCW, not whatever he was in that first time. And I think that, w that was pretty evident. Like when he came back, I think it was Survivor Series and he got in Brock's face. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. That, that was his return, right? No, no, no. What they did, they kind of stuffed the actual like return of it. Basically, they announced on Raw one week, Goldberg's going to be on next week to promote the WWE video game, like 2K17, I think. So Goldberg's going to be on next week, and then they do the main event of Raw the next week in Colorado, wherever they were. And then they had Michael Cole in the ring being like, Goldberg is here. And then they just had Goldberg make his entrance, and all the wrestlers were like, clapping and crying in the back as Goldberg walks out and cuts a promo. <laughs> That's that's the, that's how Goldberg returned, and then wow. Goldberg I'm talking took, about yeah. forgettable man. Oh my god, Goldberg! I remember he cut, I only remember this because I've watched it like five times because it was legitimately cool seeing Goldberg come back. But yeah, Goldberg's cutting this promo about being a superhero to kids and all this kind of stuff, and he's like getting emotional, and it, it's this really good segment. And then they did the stuff with Goldberg and Brock, and as we'll talk about in a minute. So that was Goldberg's return, some random return at 11 p.m. on some forgettable Raw in Colorado in 2016. I, I remember the, the the confrontation with Brock from Survivor Series. I, I'll choose to remember that. Yeah, please do. Yeah, so I'm, I, sorry for ruin, I'm sorry for ruining your fun, Kevin. I, I, was, I, was, um, I was amazed by that. I thought it was a good choice to have him come back against Brock so they can kind of re rewrite the wrongs that they did the first time. Um, yeah. It was just exciting, man, to see Goldberg. Like at that point in time, in 2016, I was just like over the moon excited because it's like a, an attitude era guy is coming back, and we're gonna see him versus Brock again. I, I thought it was cool, but then it, you know, yeah, so, it, it was what it was. Yeah. So with, with that being said, I think we kind of talked about this earlier, but I'll just ask: Do you think Goldberg and Brock at WrestleMania 33 was Goldberg's best match of his career? Do you think it's fair? I, I think so. 
Yeah, I mean the the match with DDP was great, um, but mm. uh, you know the the SummerSlam match, the Elimination Chamber match was great, but I I think the match with Brock, that's what he's going to be remembered for. I think when it's all said and done. Yeah, yeah, because I I think that that match with DDP. Look, Goldberg himself said he said on the um the untold documentary thing on the network about his streak. He talked about how that, that was probably his favorite match of his career. But really, like, you watch that match back and you see Goldberg, he spears DDP, but Goldberg lands before DDP does. So Goldberg spikes himself on his head. So he was kind of, like, out of it and knocked out the, the second half of the match. And at the same time, during that match, Goldberg went to spear DDP in the corner and DDP dodged it. So Goldberg speared the ring post and his left shoulder was numb the whole match. So... In that regard, you compare that and the, the botches involved in that match to Goldberg and Brock at WrestleMania 33. Goldberg and Brock just all round. It was just a complete match. It was short, sweet, to the point. You couldn't miss a moment or else you would have missed something must-see and high-impact. And I mean, you were there. You can attest to that. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give you a little insight. Not a little insight, but I'll tell you what it was like, what my experience was like being there. So keep in mind, this is the Florida heat. It's like 150 degrees out there. I've been there, literally been there since like 5 p.m. Now it's like 10, 30, 11 p.m. And we're getting Brock versus Goldberg. And I was amped up and awake throughout the whole match. I was like, like, I, I you know, I just woke up from Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, whatever the hell that was. And oh, that now, was so. And yeah. then now we're getting Goldberg versus Brock. And it, like, that match was damn good, man. Watching those guys, the, the spear into the barricade. Watching them just beat each other up. The, the multiple spears, the F5s. It was like a shot of adrenaline. It was really good. Yeah, so, so you went from having Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt in this slow, boring match at 10 p.m. where they're projecting worms and maggots onto the ring canvas. <laughs> you go from that to Goldberg and Brock roaring in each other's faces, doing high-impact, must-see moves in a straight-to-the-point match. I, I That's can't even do it people. justice how bad that Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt match was live. It did not look good live at all. The, the whole like the, the projections it was oh it was bad it looked it looked terrible on tv as well trust me but yeah nah so i think we can pretty safely say goldberg and brock is goldberg's most memorable match his best match it was it's it's hard to find real fours with that like people are hesitant to give that five stars because the match was like five minutes long but i think as far as a goldberg match that was like the perfect goldberg style match i think it's fair to say yeah it's safe to say that they really they really um they really washed away that wrestlemania 20 match they kind of put that to bed and they proved what the two of them could do when with proper booking because like the first time was not properly booked at all proper booking a quick match that hid goldberg's weaknesses and brock it, it really shows you how great brock is when, when he wants to be man brock is really really freaking good brock's brock's on the all-time greats i people who say he's not i mean the guy physically athletically as a draw as a champion as a seller like you watch the 2020 rumble and his selling is insane yeah. like brock's phenomenal but yeah that being said unless we want to talk about the goldberg brock match anymore i think it's fair to move on to some other goldberg all-time classics you ready to read <laughs> yeah that? yeah so, let's do it I'll, I'll ask a quick question here which goldberg match was worse the kevin owens match at fast lane 2017 mm -hmm. the undertaker match at what was it, Saudi Showdown 2019, one of those shows, yep. or the, the Fiend Bray Wyatt at Saudi Showdown 2020? Let, let's compare them, Kevin. Let's have some fun. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, the worst, uh, for me, the worst was The Undertaker. Like I said, the Saudi Prince, I swear to God, he thinks that's Steve Austin, I swear on my life. Um, <laughs> but that that match, man, it's like, we never got to see Goldberg versus Stone Cold. 
So it's like, this is the next best thing. Goldberg versus The Undertaker, a dream match. And that match, from an in-ring standpoint, like, forget about Goldberg burying Kevin Owens, burying The Fiend. But say what you want to say. Those guys are fine right now. They're not buried. This match was with The Undertaker was horrible. I was I was very afraid for The Undertaker's health. I mean, Goldberg, he starts it off. He runs into, like, the ring post or something. He's bleeding. He's got a concussion, like, within a minute into the match. Dude is sloppy in the ring. Then he picks up Undertaker for a jackhammer. Damn near drops him on his neck. Almost paralyzes him it's hard to say it's hard to say that that was not the worst like when you're comparing them against those three at least kevin yeah. owens and uh bray wyatt made it out alive and without any injuries yeah the, the, that undertaker match is it's hard to do justice through words like we, we can try our best on a late hate to really cover that match but you have to say it if you haven't that match it was a disaster is being generous the, yeah. the matches was it was just a train wreck like it was so bad. Like you described it there, Goldberg nearly paralyzes Undertaker, nearly gives himself a concussion. It was, just, as far as the matches go, it was by far the worst one. The other two were just Goldberg squashing fat guys. That's realistically what they were. The Kevin <laughs> Owens one. Look, the Owens one at Fast Lane. It wasn't even. It was just twenty seconds long. It was the whole concept of the guy who's been champion for six odd months losing to Goldberg in twenty seconds. Which yeah. I, I get why people are against that. Look, if these two guys had a, a real fight, that's how it would go. So I wasn't too against in that regard. But yeah, it's a bit questionable. The Fiend Bray Wyatt one, that one caused turmoil in the wrestling community. The, re the wrestling community reaction from that one was downright pitiful. So yeah, I mean, that match wasn't good either. The botched jackhammer to beat Bray Wyatt, yeah. not the best. But comparing the three, I think it's safe to say we can both agree. The Undertaker and Goldberg was the worst match of anything we've seen in Goldberg's recent run. And if you really want like confirmation as to why this was the worst match, go back and watch the the last ride, the Undertaker's documentary, and listen to his wife talk about this match. Just listen to her talk about it, and you'll see why it was the worst. You know, you know, you can say what you want. Oh, the Fiend lost the title. Well, the Fiend is still one of the most over things in WWE. He's still he's fine. You know, he. He's... But, 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 but no, no, the Fiend was buried. It's like ignore the fact that the Fiend had. He beat Cena in a, a cinematic match at Mania. He had a Universal title storyline for the next three months. He won the Universal title again. Him and Alexa Bliss have been the most must-see thing on Raw for the last four months. Ignore that. The Fiend was buried. Like, right. Shut up. And, and even shut like up. as recent as TLC, he's involved in the hottest angle since probably when Rey Mysterio had his eye poked out by Rollins. Where but, Randy but, Orton but, burns him on fire. Being in, the awesome. most must, being in the most must-see angle is a burial, Kevin. That, that's how it works, right? Yes. Being in the thing that everyone's talking about, yeah. the thing that's getting mainstream attention, mm -hmm. being some guy being burned alive, that's a burial, apparently. Yeah, same thing Just, with Keith Lee, you know, main eventing Raw with Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. He's buried, pal. But he was buried because he lost a two on handicap versus the Miz and Morrison. He was buried. Like, <laughs> speaking, okay, now that we're talking about the wrestling community and, you know, toxicity and whatnot, let's just talk about that. So I'll ask you just what are your thoughts on how toxic Goldberg makes the wrestling community? It's not good. In a, in a in a summarization, it's not good. I find it funny, but some people really take it to another extent. Like like if you want to be angry and and not watch Raw or cancel the WWE Network, that's okay. But if you want to send like this guy death threats and like oh, you know, pathetic. it's just it's... unnecessary, man. You know, talking about oh, I'm gonna kill Vince McMahon because he does this. He booked this shit. Like bro, relax, man. It's just wrestling. It's okay. Like ugh, we got like, a pandemic going on. Relax. Like I look at like what's going on in like the United States in the past like day or two, and and you're seeing what's happening there, and you compare that to the reaction you see from Goldberg 
And Goldberg comes out on a fake you know, TV show, a show that's scripted, predetermined. Goldberg comes out and confronts Drew McIntyre. And people act as if it's the, the worst event they've ever seen. Like People could listen to this and think, oh, you're just exaggerating. You should have seen Twitter in the, the, like the one to 12 hours after Goldberg returned. The reaction is so toxic. It's so negative. So much pent up hatred is being released. And it's like, this isn't good for you as, as like fans. It's just calm down. It, this wrestling isn't real. Okay, breathe. It, Goldberg's just a guy on a TV show. It doesn't matter. But then you see podcasts, like certain people in the community having full screaming rages. It's just, I don't know, Kevin. I don't it's, rid- know. it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. Like, it's just, at this point with the Goldberg toxicity, it's just like, you know it's going to happen. You know that when Goldberg comes back, he's going to get pushed to the title scene. It's just, it is what it is. He's not coming back for anything else. He's not coming back to do, you know, mid-card 20-minute matches with Kyle O'Reilly in NXT. He's not coming back for that. He's coming back to be yeah. the WWE champion. Bottom line, like, like, just accept it. It's all right. It's just, who cares? It's a freaking belt. It's a championship belt that's maybe worth, like, what, 1000 200 bucks, whatever. I don't know. I don't know how much it's worth. It's just a championship yeah. belt. It's not the end of the world. The Fiend is okay. Kevin Owens is okay. The Fiend and Kevin Owens, they're both involved in the main event of Raw and SmackDown right now after losing to Goldberg. They're fine. Yeah. Like, I look at, I mean, with this, like, this isn't the hypothetical section just yet, but if and inevitably when Goldberg either beats Drew McIntyre at the Rumble or loses to Drew, then enters the Rumble, eliminates Daniel Bryan and wins the Rumble, when that happens, just remember wrestling's a tv show breathe grab a stress ball calm down it doesn't matter okay there are millions of other things that are way worse on planet earth than big bill goldberg at 54 years old winning a title okay it doesn't matter breathe calm down breathe and we're good so i think we've covered that about as well as we can now i'll ask you kevin do you think casuals really care about goldberg in 2021 is goldberg a draw would you say uh, I, I don't think he's as big of a draw as WWE presents him to be. You know, like like Goldberg. If you're comparing Goldberg to like John Cena, The Rock, Stone Cold, I don't think he even compares now. In 2016, I would argue that he was a fairly big draw. But now it's kind of like wrestling as a whole is just not cool anymore. And like Goldberg's not, he's not that good when he comes back to where casuals are like, oh my God, I have to watch this. This is Goldberg from 1999. I have to watch this. Whereas when The Rock comes back, it still feels like The Rock from 1999, 2000. He still has that same aura, same performance about him. I, I, I really don't think Goldberg is that large in life at this point. I think the jig is kind of up. Yeah, I mean, you kind of talked about there with wrestling being like uncool. Like as you've said in your Cardi B, Lacey Evans video, the Booker T one about the Bad Bunny video. Really, the, the thing is, WWE, as far as wrestling goes, like as niche as wrestling is nowadays, as uncool as it is, Within that, WWE is the draw. WWE is the attraction. Yes, when The Rock comes back, they're going to do a pretty good rating, but that's The Rock, like 200 plus million Instagram followers. He's got a big enough pull that he's, the, the ratings are going to go up. Really, WWE, they've worn out and they've tired all of these like acts from the past. We've been there, done that so many times, so many Legends nights, so many return runs. So that nowadays when Goldberg comes back, I will say, okay, so... Yeah, but that being said, Kevin, I think now we'll move on to this question. So one of the things Goldberg said in his WWE Untold thing, and one of the things that was reported after Goldberg beat The Fiend, is that Goldberg wants to put smiles on the faces of young kids. He doesn't want to be 
you know, portrayed as weak. He wants to be a superhero to these kids. So today I ask you, Kevin, do eight-year-old kids or just kids in general really care if Goldberg is or isn't portrayed as a superhero? Uh, I don't I don't think so, honestly. I don't think, like, how many eight-year-old kids are watching WWE nowadays? You know, I don't know. I don't even know if there are that many watching. I, I think it's just like the IWC watching Raw at this point. Yeah. Um I have a you know I have a nephew he's ten years old and he the fiend is his favorite wrestler so he saw the fiend I, I showed him the fiend getting squashed by Goldberg at the Saudi show or by Steve Austin as the Saudi prince probably thought it was and <laughs> I'm gonna hammer that point home for those of you guys keeping score <laughs> um, oh, so, I, 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 <laughs> so I showed him this the fiend getting squashed by Goldberg and he was like wow I don't like Goldberg now I don't like him I don't. You know, the Fiend's his favorite wrestler, so uh, that's from personal experience, but I don't think there are a ton of eight, eight seven, eight-year-olds that are like, oh, you know, mommy, I gotta have Goldberg's new t-shirt. You know, I, I can't wait to see Goldberg. Like, I, I just don't think, I think he just has a very unrealistic, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, an unrealistic perspective of how he's viewed by the population. Yeah, yeah I think one of the things with him is that considering back in 1998, 1999, or 97, 98, especially, he was the box office attraction. He was the superhero in WCW. They were lacking baby faces big time. Goldberg was the, the breakout superstar babyface at the time. So in that regard, he was a superhero in a time when wrestling was more popular than like the NFL and most, more popular than most pop culture things. So Goldberg probably has perspective and thinks maybe that everything's still like that. Because on the Goldberg untold thing, he said, quote, okay, this, this is from Goldberg. He said, quote, the street gave me the ability to be larger than life for kids who may need someone that is larger than life. To be able to make them smile once, y- you can't put a price on it. You can't put a value on it. It's really hard to explain, unquote. So that's what Goldberg said. Clearly, just by that, you can tell that putting smiles on people's faces, damn it, World Wrestling Federation, pal. Putting smiles on people's faces, it clearly does mean a lot to him. So in that regard, his perception of that must be kind of swayed considering that nowadays as you say the only people who watch seemingly are the niche wrestling community hardcores so does this that mentality even apply nowadays how many eight-year-old kids watch and really care like you talk about your nephew there that's probably a similar reaction to a bunch of people at that kind of age so is goldberg's perspective a bit washed i don't i kind of i think i it's hard to really assess i i don't know what do you have to say uh, I mean, he's like, I think at this point, at this point, it doesn't make sense. I guess we'll go into that. This kind of leads us into the next question and the next um, the next category. So we have this labeled questions that hit as hard as Goldberg Spears. So are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm ready. And like, like I said, this question really leads in it, it. And when you when you throw that back to me, all all in my mind is I can all I can think about is. Why does WWE keep bringing Goldberg back? I, I don't Ugh. know. Um, look, I think the thing with Goldberg, the thing with wrestling today, wrestling at the moment lives upon wrestling of old. Okay, if, if the Attitude Era never happened, wrestling wouldn't be around today. It would have just died off. So I think in that regard, Vince especially loves to bring back the past. And there's few better examples of that than Goldberg because as I mentioned, Goldberg back in the Attitude Era, wrestling's most successful, popular era. Goldberg was a pop culture icon. He was on the cover of TV guides. He was on the cover of magazines, NASCAR races, and like ads featured Goldberg, TV commercials. 
Goldberg was marketable. He was relevant. And I think WWE, Vince, his mentality is just bring that back because nowadays either the wrestlers don't have charisma, don't have entertainment value, no one cares, or Vince books them so that you don't care. So either way, the wrestlers nowadays just don't cut it. Goldberg was relevant. He was cool. He was interesting back in the day. So he just gets brought back. Do you, do you think that's fair enough? Like, how would you answer the question? Yeah, that, that's pretty much that's pretty much as good as you can word it at at this point. I I, I, oh, go I on, have... Kevin, I'm I'm amazing amazing at answering these questions. But yeah, go on. Go. <laughs> I never wanted to shy away from patting yourself on the back, huh? Oh damn it, pal! Pat myself on the back, pal. Yeah. I really have no answer. It baffles me why WWE keeps bringing Goldberg back. Like, for what? I mean, now we're going to get this Roman Reigns versus Goldberg title for title, spear for spear match. And what? Like, is that going to drive WWE Network subscriptions? Is WWE going to jump like 500,000 or million or a million and a half subscriptions just to see Roman Reigns bury Goldberg? I don't think so. It might, maybe, maybe like it might drive like 100,000 subscriptions. Oh, I got to go see Goldberg and Roman Reigns. Like, most casual fans, they look at Goldberg and they see like a 55-year-old guy at this point. Like he doesn't look like Goldberg like he used to. The match with Undertaker yeah. really hurt a lot of things because people know that he's going to botch and it's going to be ugly. And quite frankly, like after that match with Undertaker, if I'm Roman Reigns or if I'm Bray Wyatt, I would tell Vince, I don't want to work with this guy, bro. Like I don't want to I don't want to get in the ring with him. Like so what? Bury me. Whatever, you know? Like I wouldn't want to get in the ring with him. Yeah. And like one thing I'll add in here, I think we talked about this last week in Raw is Pain, but really, okay, Goldberg, he beats Drew McIntyre, which I know the wrestling community would love, but yeah, okay, he beats Drew McIntyre. We go into WrestleMania, he has Goldberg versus Roman Reigns every week on SmackDown. They're having these like interactions. But going back to what we said last week, because of how the shows are written, the Goldberg and Reigns segment will be must-see, how they're going to build spear versus spear, title versus title. You're going to want to say that. But what about the other hour and 45 minutes? What about Billy Kay and, I don't know, <laughs> Liv Morgan versus Ruby Riot and someone? Like, what about that? What about Chad Gable narrating and doing commentary over Otis and Daniel Bryan humping each other? Like, <laughs> that's, the, that's the rest of SmackDown, you know? So even if and when they do Goldberg and Reigns, people are going to tune out for the other hour and 40 minutes because the hour and 40 minutes, it's not Goldberg and Reigns sucks so it's a lose-lose in my opinion as far as bringing back goldberg because even if you bring him back in things that people care about like goldberg and reigns the rest of the show sucks so it's a lose-lose exactly yeah yeah that's pretty i mean yeah that's pretty much it like you put him on smackdown okay you got roman reigns and goldberg out there that's nice (laughs) and then it's just like who cares who cares everything else is gonna suck i don't know but 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 but, but Kevin, aren't you a fan of watching watching Daniel Bryan passionately humping Otis as Chad Gable's passionately well, that, yelling? That's Daniel the- Bryan's humor, man. You don't understand his humor, bro. Oh, that, that, that's they did that back in the Attitude Era. No, they didn't. At least in Attitude Era, would have been funny with the wrestlers involved. Like, bruh, bruh. That that segment makes me uncomfortable just thinking about it. Imagine oh, it was that. so bad. Like, imagine <laughs> if Goldberg's backstage for that. He's like walking by production and he sees daniel bryan humping otis he's like i wonder what goldberg would think if, if, he, if he was backstage for that in the attitude era that would have been val venus doing that to may young that's what that would have been it wouldn't have been yeah, daniel Mar- bryan Mark Hen- and then mark henry would be like oh yeah baby oh yeah yeah but they would have done something funny creative nowadays it's daniel bryan who outside of a couple of heel promos is basically a charisma vacuum as far as entertainment and then otis who's a walking gif 
And then they're, they're doing that in the backstage area. Cesaro and Nakamura come over. God knows what they were thinking in that situation. Maybe they wanted to join in. Maybe they were disgusted. Who knows? But at the end of the day, that's the rest of SmackDown. That's not Goldberg and Roman Reigns when and inevitably if well, they do that. So with that being said, I think we'll move into the next question. Kevin, what is Goldberg's legacy? Um, I think he'll be remembered probably, I'd say, for three things. The spear. He really did a lot for that finishing move. A lot of people have used it since. We've seen Edge, Roman Reigns, you know, guys like that use it, take it up. Rhino. Um, and then you have the, the streak. Whatever, say what you will about him. He still had the 173-0 streak. It it really helped WCW when, you know, WWE was really pushing forward and starting to, to, uh, to, to lap them. Goldberg helped from WCW going out of business in 1999, probably, because they would have gone out of business if Goldberg wasn't there. So there's that. Um, and then you have his run now from 2016 to 2020. He's definitely going to be remembered for that, for all the toxicity, the negativity. Just, you know, when you when you see Goldberg now, you, you associate him with negative reactions. I, I think those are going to be the big things that he's remembered for. And, and when it's all said and done, people are going to love or hate Goldberg, but they're going to have a reaction for him. And it really it is what it is at this point with Goldberg. Yeah, I, I think that last one especially, you've hit the nail on the head. I think he's going to be remembered as like that pulverizing old part-timer who came back and beat all the current guys. That's that's what I think he's going to be remembered as. Like prior to 2016 and him coming back, I would have said the amazing entrance, the incredible intensity, a guy who has his own like breed of squash matches. Like as Goldberg said himself, there were squash matches before he came into wrestling but the Goldberg squash matches were different because of the intensity and whatnot. So I guess that's in part of Goldberg's legacy. You talked about the spear. I fully agree with that. But yeah, I just think in general, his legacy is going to be that guy who had all the, you know, the squash matches with the young guys nowadays. Like that's why I think his legacy is going to be at least now because the last few years of that, not that it's tainted Goldberg's legacy, but it's definitely changed it and not really for the better as far as how it's remembered. I think it's better to say. Yeah, I got something else for you too. Would you compare? Is it fair to say that Goldberg is kind of like WCW's version of the Ultimate Warrior? Hmm. Well, what did Ultimate Warrior really do in WCW? No, like, no, I, no. I'm saying like, like to like go, what Ultimate Warrior was in WWF. Would you say Goldberg was that version? Because like Ultimate Warrior, he was all he was all entrance. He got in the ring. He had a squash match, and then yeah. he couldn't really do anything in the ring. He was pushed to the moon. He beat Hulk Hogan. He's given the championship. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. You know, yeah. then he fell um, off. Yeah, that's a good, a good analogy, to be fair. Like, yeah, in the ring, both the guys have the in-ring capabilities of a bucket of piss. I think they injured Ultimate a lot of Warrior... Hmm? They injured a lot of people in the ring. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, well, I think that's pretty, a pretty fair comparison. I think as far as intensity, yep. both tick that same box. They're both pretty much equally as intense. Both, I mean, oh, very big. Another yeah. thing too, I'm sorry to cut you off. Another thing too is oh, the, the superhero thing. They both yeah. saw each other the same way. Like Ultimate Warrior is like, oh, I'm a comic book hero. I'm, I'm this. I'm that. I'm better. Like I'm above everyone else. They're very similar, I think. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good comparison. Like I know, I think you made a video months back comparing. Was it Finn Balor to the Ultimate Warrior? I think. You, you compared someone else to the warrior, I feel like. Yeah, but... it was it was Finn Balor. Yeah. And I, I compared those two in the in a sense of like people only cared about Finn Balor when he had the, the face paint, 
you know, and then like he had this run where like he just he was like the biggest thing in wrestling for like a cup of coffee, kind of like the Ultimate Warrior. He was the biggest thing in wrestling for like six months, and so was Finn Balor. They pushed him to the moon, and then nothing really happened of it. But I think with Goldberg and Ultimate Warrior, I think the comparison is a lot more spot on because they both sucked in the ring. They were both mainly entrance, a lot of squash matches, and then outside of the ring too, they're very similar, very hard to work with. They they want they want to be portrayed as the biggest deal, like the biggest superstar in the company, even though they're they're not. Like Ultimate Warrior wanted to be perceived as like the face of WWE, even though Hulk Hogan was, and the same with Goldberg, you know. Right. So I, just a follow, quick follow up with the Finn Balor thing. So Kevin, you're telling me that the Prince version of Finn Balor coming out there having 20 minute strong style matches and breaking his own jaw every match, you're telling me that people aren't a fan of that? Excuse me. <laughs> what? Yeah. Anyway, okay. Moving, moving on, moving on. <laughs> Going back to the subject at hand, Goldberg. Yeah, I think the Goldberg Ultimate Warrior comparison—it's very fair. There's a lot of basis there as far as you know them as wrestlers. You talked about a lot there, so I think we'll, we'll move the legacy thing to the side now. Now we'll go into our final section. This section I've I've labeled the Grim Reaper. So to, to, we've named this after the title of the video, the Grim Reaper. So the first question here—it's kind of like a hypothetical, just a bit of a fun discussion. Kevin, in what three weeks' time, two and a half weeks, when the Rumble happens, what will be your reaction when Goldberg inevitably squashes Drew McIntyre in four minutes and becomes the new WWE champion? Uh, you know, my, my my initial reaction would be to laugh at, at the IWC, but uh, from a serious note, that really does that that would really undo in a lot of ways all the work that WWE put into Drew McIntyre. You know, it, for, in twenty twenty, having Brock like basically make him at the Royal Rumble and having him eliminate Roman and beat Brock at WrestleMania just to have him kind of lose to Goldberg because with with McIntyre it's a lot different than Bray Wyatt and um Bray Wyatt and Kevin Owens McIntyre yeah McIntyre has been somebody that's perceived as the top guy on Raw like that's kind of what he's been positioned as Kevin Owens even as champion was never positioned as the top guy Bray Wyatt same way it was always Roman Reigns was the top guy so with Drew McIntyre, it's a lot different. And on top of that, McIntyre, he his reputation is not that great because of 3MB and his first run in WWE. So I don't know if squashing him is the best way to go. I really don't. Well, yeah, like the whole thing we talked about just before, like with Goldberg, his thing is being like the superhero. But I mean, that doesn't work when you're facing the guy who's the, supposed to be the top face on Raw, the, the WWE champion. Yeah. It's not like he's facing Kevin Owens, who is a cowardly heel with Chris Jericho on Raw, or he's facing The Fiend, who is some dark, evil, twisted monster. It's completely different. Drew McIntyre is the top, admirable babyface. And, like, I'll talk about the segment last week on Raw just quickly. I didn't do a review, but I need to say that segment made absolutely no sense. It made n- no sense at all. Having Goldberg come out there, as McIntyre's just had his title match with Keith Lee, Goldberg gets in the ring and goes, Drew, you've, you've been disrespecting all these legends. You've been you know, basically saying you could beat all these guys in their prime. So implying that Drew McIntyre said he could beat prime Hogan, prime Flair or something. McIntyre's disrespectful. He's narcissistic. When did he say this? Is, this? is there some shoot interview I'm missing? Is this 1996 Shawn Michaels he's talking to? Like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, it made you no know? sense. Like, well, no, I, think, I, I, I think he was like, he was talking about, he was describing Randy Orton, basically. Yeah. It made no I'm, sense. 
But uh, another another point too that I got there out there with this. That's how, yeah. yeah, the segment made no sense, like you said. I completely agree. Before we get back to that, I just got to say McIntyre, unlike Kevin Owens and Bray Wyatt and the Undertaker, even at the age the Undertaker was, McIntyre looks better physically than Goldberg does. Like McIntyre is no, he's not, he's not like an indie, he's not an indie guy. He's not like Adam Cole. He's an actual legitimate wrestler. He's what a wrestler is supposed to look like. He resembles but Kevin, Triple Kevin, H. Kevin, the physiques, the physiques aren't everything. It's about what you can do bell to bell in the ring. Can you go? What's your cardio? What's your conditioning like? Damn it. That's the thing. McIntyre could go too. Not only does he look like exactly. Triple H, but he could go oh. too. Like it's really not a good idea to have Goldberg squash McIntyre. It's it's just it's not like it's yeah. It's not a good idea at all. Because I dare say it'd be a worse idea than Owens or the Fiend. Because the Fiend, he was ruined in that Hell in a Cell match versus Rollins. Like if you're right. talking about that, I mean that that was just terrible for the Fiend. And, Kevin and, Owens, and he doesn't need to win. The Fiend doesn't need to win matches at all. He's just a character. He doesn't need to win anything. Yeah, and Kevin Owens wasn't even supposed to be champion. That was supposed to be Finn Balor's reign. Yeah. So in that regard, like those ones, and they're both they were both heels. Goldberg was the all-encompassing babyface savior or whatever. In this case, as you say, McIntyre is the top face. Looks as legit as anyone really in their prime as far as wrestlers can go in the ring and have a twenty-five minute match. Like, there's no reason McIntyre should be losing to Goldberg, but it's Goldberg. So watch it happen. Exactly. Yeah. What I'm hoping is maybe the Miz cashes in, and you know, maybe we. You're see hoping him. for the Miz cashing in. Sorry, yeah. what? Yeah, maybe may, may, you know, not cash in and win, but maybe we'll see the Miz cash in Goldberg, and like Goldberg just spears the Miz and treats him like the joke that he is, and Drew McIntyre gets <laughs> the win that way. So that way, Goldberg, you know, he still looks like a hero because he went down squashing the 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 heel in the Miz, you know. But oh. just I, I don't. Who wants to see realistically? Who wants to see Goldberg beat Drew McIntyre? Like this is different than the Fiend and Kevin Owens. I don't think any wrestling fan out there wants to see McIntyre lose to Goldberg. Because that's another thing. Casually, when you see Goldberg and Drew McIntyre, ca- um, a casual fan sees them have a stare down. You look at this and you're like, I might not know who Drew McIntyre is, but that guy could kick Goldberg's ass. He could, yeah, he could, exactly. he could kick his ass. Like he looks like a freaking wrestler. Yeah, it was it was the same thing with like Brock Lesnar last year. Like you, you see, go um Brock Lesnar and McIntyre together. You think it's believable that McIntyre could beat this just beast. Yeah. And it's the same yeah. thing with Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg, if anything, he looks you know less in in worse shape than Lesnar does. So in that regard, you see McIntyre and Goldberg together. You think McIntyre is going to beat the guy. So any other outcome would make no sense. It's not like this is Goldberg versus some guy who's uh, I don't know how you want to describe Owens and Bray Wyatt, but they're hardly prime arnie in the bodybuilding competition they're hardly like the most ripped wrestlers ever <laughs> owens and white so when you see goldberg this super shredded 52 year old next to them it's believable that goldberg would spear jack hammer and beat these guys but you see him next to mcintyre drew mcintyre this six foot five jacked scotsman it, it wouldn't be realistic it just wouldn't no exactly yeah it would it would just it it wouldn't be feasible so, you know you that's not that's not something you'd look at and be like yeah goldberg should just spear that guy like like with the Miz, if you put the Miz and Goldberg in a stare down, yeah, Goldberg's gonna spear that guy, whoever the hell he is, spear him and 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 can throw him out the ring. If you're looking at it from a casual perspective, but not with McIntyre. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that being said, we'll move into. I mean, kind of talked about this before, so just kind of can go over. I'll get your opinion here. Should WWE do Reigns and Goldberg at WrestleMania 37, spear versus spear, title for title? You think? I I guess if you can't get the Rock to commit to WrestleMania 37, it makes sense. He's not going to do it unless there's fans, more than likely. I can't speak for him. 
if you can't get the rock versus roman at 37 then i guess goldberg is a good consultation prize i guess like it uh, i don't know i don't i really don't want to see it personally it it intrigued me last year when it was like goldberg was champion roman is going to take the title from the big evil goldberg like that story was intriguing this now as the tribal chief roman reigns it doesn't yeah. make th- this doesn't make any sense either and title for title <laughs> like it's just it would be a waste if you're gonna do a title for title match roman versus drew would be the ideal one for me if that's gonna be your, your big main event you're gonna end the brand split do reigns versus drew mcintyre show some confidence in the young guys you don't need goldberg he doesn't need to be in that spot yeah and one other thing I posed this question on Twitter a while ago, but okay, Reigns, the tribal chief, heel, takes on Goldberg at WrestleMania. Who's the face? Who are we supposed to cheer for? Are we supposed I, to cheer for Goldberg? I'm like, yeah. that's not happening. Yeah, exactly. Are we supposed to cheer? We're not supposed to cheer for Reigns. He's the heel. But everyone's going to cheer for it. It wouldn't make sense. And as you say, they should have done it last year. Obviously, Reigns pulled out for completely understandable circumstances. So it didn't happen then. And it, I don't know. Because people saying, oh, do Reigns versus Daniel Bryan, even though Daniel Bryan was humping Otis last week on SmackDown, <laughs> and Daniel Bryan has zero momentum as a character, just, I don't know. It's tough. It's- I mean, the, the match Roman versus Daniel Bryan would still be a good match regardless. Well, it would be good. It's just, it's just saying, like, the storyline, Daniel Bryan as a character has just has no momentum at all. Because, yeah, yeah, match-wise, great match. There's a bit of a story to play on. But Daniel Bryan is stone cold for momentum, so. Yeah, like, like what are they gonna, how are they going to get to the to roman and daniel bryan what's the connection i don't know i don't know what the connection would be and then you got- oh, but, but but roman reigns and jay uso beat up daniel bryan on smackdown in like october once last year oh they had a great match at fast lane six years ago like yeah that's it that that's that's the logic there i mean i guess the way that they could go about it would be daniel bryan like oh i'm trying to get some revenge on you pal you know you, you took my momentum you took my spot in 2015 it should have been me versus brock but then he turns into Dolph ziggler so that would just be horrible you know there's really no yeah. no connection there yeah and then oh, go ahead oh, I, don't, I don't even know so yeah but, but that being said i mean if you want to add anything else in here about that i feel free yeah the, the just the idea i want to talk about this the idea of goldberg closing out wrestlemania 37 with the universal championship and the wwe championship that would be that would be insane man like you want to you talk about vince trolling his fans like that's the ultimate troll it's like oh you love roman reigns and you love drew mcintyre here goldberg's gonna beat them both in two months that that, i can can picture the reaction now i I hope this company their stock plummets to zero and they go out of business i hate you vince this is this is all your fault you you evil man like i can picture it and, and that's so something funny. too that casuals would hate too because roman reigns has a lot of casual fans there's a lot of women yeah. and, and children that like roman reigns even though he's yeah, a tribal four, chief four million viewers on the christmas day smackdown four exactly. million exactly reigns. even yeah. though he's supposed to be the heel people still like him so people casual fans will see this old goldberg who they probably don't even know who it is who he is um beat roman you know it's like no nah, come on that just it would just be oh. bad. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a bit of a, a whack analogy. I'm going to try this off the cuff, but you compare it to, let's say, this is a real sport hypothetically. Take, uh, you know, some guy from the '90s who wasn't like the best player in a sport. Like, I don't know. Take Carl Malone. Have Malone return this super Jack kind of dude. Have Carl Malone return and play in the NBA nowadays, and Malone just wins the NBA title. You know, it it, it wouldn't like, happen. Realistic, that, It'd be whack. It wouldn't make sense. 
Like it, the, it, it the guys been. nowadays sh- should be that much better, but yeah, I'm WWE. Yeah, a guy like Carl Malone, like even even Kobe Bryant, like he when he got like when he was like 37, it was like yeah, he can't hang anymore with the LeBron James and the Carmelo Anthony's and and you know no no disrespect to him, he's Kobe Bryant, he's a, he's a legend, but yeah. that yeah, it's just it doesn't make sense why Goldberg is just consistently oh Goldberg's better. Like you you want me to believe Goldberg's better than Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre? Come on, the guy can't even. Goldberg has had yeah. Like, Goldberg like, had a yeah. How many match of the year candidates has Roman Reigns had in 2020? Like four in a row. Goldberg has had what one match of the year candidate in his entire career. It it's yeah. just come on, you know. Yeah. So I think with that being said, we'll do a quick fun hypothetical here. So what if you took this like 2021 return Goldberg, like this current version who squashes these guys who the IWC loves? What if you took that Goldberg and put him in 2004, Kevin? Just Play that out for us. All right, I'm gonna try not to get too triggered because Eddie Guerrero is gonna come up in this conversation, so I'm gonna try not to get too triggered talking about this. But oh, it's God. just like imagine in 2004, Eddie Guerrero comes off of defeating Brock Lesnar, has this great moment. It's like the rise to the the uh, rise to glory of Eddie Guerrero from what he was alcoholic, addicted to pills, and now he's WWE champion. And then it's like, okay, pal, we're gonna do Goldberg versus Eddie at WrestleMania 20, and Goldberg beats Eddie Guerrero in 20 seconds. And people would have a right to be pissed off. Like, not pissed off to the point where it's like, I'm going to send death threats. But Eddie Guerrero was somebody, he's not like Kevin Owens. He's not like Sami Zayn. He's a guy that had real connection with casual fans. He looked like a freaking wrestler. It would it would have been bad if you put that if you put that 2004 Goldberg, have a beat Eddie, Jericho, Benoit. It would have been ugly. If that Now, that probably would have ruined his legacy. Because then people would have just been like, I'm sick of this guy. Like, I, I don't want to watch this anymore, you know? Yeah, I think because also we've kind of talked about it, but Goldberg compared to the guys in the ruthless aggression era wasn't that much better than everyone. But like nowadays, you see Goldberg, his intensity, the aura around him. You see that compared to Kevin Owens, some guy who cuts promos. And you like you compare the two, and you think, okay, it makes sense why Goldberg's squashing them. But compare Goldberg to Eddie. Compare Goldberg to even a Benoit. Oh, you you talk about intensity. Benoit and yeah. Goldberg, those two, like, when I think intensity in wrestling, I think of Benoit and Goldberg. That's just me personally. Yeah, yeah it's just, yeah, Goldberg compared to those guys, like, it, it didn't happen. You didn't see that all these squashes, like, as far as Goldberg goes, because the guys back then, like Eddie and Benoit and them, they're, they're so much more legit and credible than the ones nowadays. So I think we'll, just, we'll, we'll move on from that. That was just a little bit of a fun kind of hypothetical. But, yeah, just realistically picture this current Goldberg back in, 2003 2004 squashing all your favorite wrestlers because why not it's a bit of fun am i right yeah i mean, I, I bet people would have loved him to come in and squash triple h though that would have made him a baby face oh know? damn it triple h buries everyone he beat rvd on a random smackdown once like <laughs> good god give me a break oh well and yeah we'll move into now the final question this one it'd be remiss of us for a goldberg episode to not talk about this kevin be honest Who'd win in a real fight between Goldberg and the man formerly known as Matt Riddle or Riddle? <laughs> I mean, is that even a question? This MMA fighter against a 55-year-old former wrestler? I mean, come on. You know who would win that, bro. Goldberg, Yeah, clearly, Go- clearly Goldberg. Yeah. yeah. Like, who, yeah. who would say Matt Riddle? What, what clown would say Riddle? Jeez. Yeah. Re- realistically, Goldberg don't want those problems, though. Matt Riddle would fuck him up in a real fight. <laughs> like, he would fuck him up. Oh my god, I'd love to see. It. I would pay. Oh. You, I would pay to see that. Like you, you talking about brawl for all or something. You put Matt Riddle and Goldberg. 
in a real fight on pay-per-view, you got my money. Yes, put him in a fight pit with no rules. Just <laughs> Matt Riddle would, oh. oh God, Matt Riddle would destroy him. Uh, we got to talk about yeah. Jericho too. The the infamous backstage oh. fight that Jericho and Goldberg had, where Jericho had Goldberg in a in a headlock. Like that, Jericho's a bad man. That's why I'm telling you, man. Jericho could have ended the streak because even though Jericho's small, Jericho still looks like a legitimate wrestler, and and he could well not now, but anyway. Well, yeah, yeah, that's back in 1997. Yeah, yeah, different exactly. story. It, even like 20, headlock. even like 2016, but not now. But yeah, I get exactly like back in the day. Jericho's a bad man. Yeah. He got in Brock Lesnar's face back at SummerSlam in, in uh 2015 when he thought yeah. when he thought Brock was shooting on Randy Orton. Like Jericho's a bad man. He ain't afraid of nobody. Yep. Yep, and then he then he came across a bit too much of the bubbly, so Yeah, yeah, that the perspective on him has changed now. I, I bet he's gonna diet now after NBA Twitter roasted him. <laughs> yeah, oh well. But yeah, no, I think that's basically all we've had to cover. So yeah, it's been a fun episode talking about the man himself, the Grim Reaper of wrestling, Goldberg. Any any closing words, Kevin? Uh, uh, I got uh, you, you close, and I'll, I'll think of something. Okay, so yeah, it's, it's been a bit of fun. Goldberg, whether you love the guy, whether you absolutely despise the guy and think WWE's stock should plummet to zero because they still bring Goldberg back, regardless of what you think about it, Goldberg always gets a reaction. We saw him come back at Legends Night. He was trending for upwards of like the next day. Okay, Goldberg's always relevant. So he makes for a good topic. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed Elite Heat episode three. This right here is the only wrestling show you need on Mondays. Forget Raw, toss in the trash where it belongs. Before we get out of here, we can't have a Goldberg show without talking about this. I just thought it just came to me. I I, I don't think we did his entrance enough enough justice. Like where do do you rank his entrance amongst the all-time greats? Because to me, it's like top 10 or 12. His entrance is just—I mean—a spectacle in its own right. I'd say it's top five. I, considering you know the, the amount of spectacle to it, the pyro, the—I think it's phenomenal. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, but... you have like Triple H's entrance comes to mind. The Undertaker's like some of the great yeah. ones. Eddie Guerrero with the low rider, Stone Cold. Like Stone Cold for what it is, just simple and to the point. It's awesome. The pop. Yeah, Goldberg's yeah. up there, man. Goldberg's entrance. But I think it's. I think so as all-time great entrances, it's literally those four you mentioned there and Goldberg. Because the rest of them, like, you, you think of all the all-time great theme songs, like, I don't know, Shawn Michaels with Sexy Boy. So it's a great song, but there's nothing really else to the entrance. It's just, you know, a great all-time great coming out to a, a good song. Whereas Goldberg, he had the intensity, the you know, coming out of the locker room, the security guards, felt like a real fight whenever he was having a match. Like, I think it was phenomenal. Okay, uh, off cuff, give me your, 10, your top 10 entrances in wrestling history. Oh, damn it, Kevin. Um, <laughs> uh, Undertaker <laughs> one, Triple H, especially the WrestleMania ones. Those ones are just class with, you know, everything. I think Goldberg, he's definitely there. Uh, Austin, the glass shattering. I have to say that. And then, yeah, Eddie with the car. I'd say that was a good one as well. And really from there, I don't really know. Because there are a bunch I, of great I think songs. Batista's was awesome. Yeah. Oh, Edge as well. Edge, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, but uh, what, what about what about Cody Rhodes when he smashed the throne? What about that? <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were um, gonna go with the whoa song. <laughs> you're only smoking mirrors. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't Dolph Ziggler's entrance, top ten, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, but to um, be fair, that song's actually been stuck in my head a little bit. The um, I'm here to show the world. No, the song is good. The entrance though, it's is... annoyingly catchy because it's Dolph Ziggler. I don't want to like the guy, but his, his song's catchy. But, but Kevin, I know what. What about for you, The Miz, when he pushed the pool floats out of the way at WrestleMania 27? <laughs> Iconic, bro. 
I can't. Yeah, I'm awesome. And then Alex Riley was running around laughing, <laughs> carrying a briefcase. What about that, Kevin? Oh, great answers, man. Uh, no, that, but <laughs> in all serious though, I mean, you got uh, what? Who else you got is up there? Um, John Cena's is cool. You know that they. Oh yeah, little kids sing that song in the playground. Just... Yeah, it's so cool, man. <laughs> oh. I don't know. All right, I think we I think we did enough. In closing, Goldberg's entrance is awesome. Let's end this on a positive note. His entrance is awesome. His theme song is awesome. Goldberg has. Oh, and um, and also one thing, Ryback ripped off his gimmick. I'm gonna get out of here. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay tuned. Be sure to leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you hear this uh, podcast.